Amen. Amen. Good afternoon, saints, and Merry Christmas. The God of the universe coming into his creation, revealing himself so that mankind could see who God actually is. And he put on display love for each and every one that would believe. What a beautiful thing. The first time I ever came to this church uh, was in 2011. It was a Christmas day, and it was a Sunday, and God was moving us to a new place. I didn't know that this was going to be the place. I remember coming here and Pastor Angelo saying, how many churches were not open that day because Christmas had fallen on a Sunday? And it was my thought that that's when I want to be in church. What a blessing that the day we commemorate our king coming into the world would be on a Sunday morning where we come to worship. And I remember um, being there and and worshiping with the congregation, and, and I'm a crybaby when I worship, and just being flooded with tears, and my wife kind of elbowing me like, listen, we don't know these people. Stay on spiritual point. You got to pay attention to what's going on. And I was just overwhelmed. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, I've always enjoyed about Light of the World Church um, was I always felt a sense of love when I've come here. This morning, this afternoon, uh, the scripture that we're going to read about Jesus coming and, and being worshipped is a display of God's love. We're going to find ourselves in Matthew chapter 2, you know uh, this story well. Matthew chapter 2, I'll be reading out of the CSB. And would you stand for the reading of God's word? We're going to read the first 12 verses. And the text reads this way. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he? who has been born king of the Jews. For we saw his star at his rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too 
can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stood and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Hmm. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for sending your son. We thank you, Lord, that we have turned our eyes toward Jesus, Lord. What a marvelous display of your love to send your son. We ask, Father, as we consider this text this day, that you would even open our eyes a little bit more, that we may fall to our knees and worship you because we love you, because of the way that you love us, Lord. Would you open blind eyes today, Lord? Would you do a work in each one of our hearts? We come to your table, Lord, to receive our daily bread. And we look forward to what you have for us this day. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. One of the things that we have all um, had happened to us in life is uh, significant events would take place in our lives, and, and often we don't realize how important that event is until much later. Sometimes it's a door opening or a door closing, a decision uh, that we've made that we recognize it ended up changing the trajectory of our lives. We've all experienced those kind of moments. And as we consider the way the different people thought when they heard about the Messiah coming, this is obviously one of those times, and it's, it's one of those things that each and every one of us are confronted with. What are you going to do with, with this Messiah? It says that after Jesus uh, was born, um, in Bethlehem of Judea. Uh, when Jesus was born, the text uh, right before this one speaks about the virgin birth, and this text speaks about where Jesus was to be born, and, and both of those things fulfill prophecy. Bethlehem means the house of bread. So actually, Jesus being the bread of life was born in the house of bread. And the text tells us that in, in those days that King Herod was king. So even for an important person, even for a king, his days are numbered in that way, days. 
but the King of Kings is forever. Each and every one of us, our days have numbers on them. And it is, is God who determines the days that we have. And days can turn into weeks, months, and years, even decades. But in the big scheme of things, it says in the days of King Herod, we often live in a way that we think we're going to be here forever. And our decisions often don't allow us to consider what happens when we're on the other side of that chasm. And, and we see that displayed in Herod's life. It says that in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. These wise men were seeking something. We all in life seek after things. There is always something in the heart that has us looking for something. And thank God for the majority that are in church, we found what we were looking for. We, we all, though, even if we found it, went on different escapades, different hikes, different roads, and were looking and often found ourselves in a place of emptiness. So in the same way, these wise men were seeking something. They were astrologers. They were from the East. And we don't know a, a lot about them, but they obviously saw something that was supernatural, something that was different, and they were led to follow this thing, and it led them to Jerusalem, where this Messiah would be born. And when they came to Jerusalem and, and went to Herod, they said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? One of the things that we need to recognize here is Jesus is king. He was king before he came into his creation. He's king right now, and he was king as this little baby. They did not say, where is he who would be king? They said, where is he who is king of the Jews? That, that same declaration was also put above the cross, the king of the Jews, in multiple languages. And when that was placed above the cross, the religious leaders said, don't say that he is the king of the Jews. Say he said he was the king of the Jews. God uses everything. He, even people that don't know what they're doing, they're still working for God. Because he told them, I put up there what I put up there. And it's staying. Until this day, it stands. He is king. It says, for we saw his star at its rising and have come 
to worship him. God sent a sign from heaven that his son has come to the earth. It is a mercy and grace of God that he would do things to catch our attention to draw us to his son. We think about who these men were. They came seeking the king of the Jews, and they were Gentiles. It was a display that God was making a proclamation that I am here for all. It is not going to be exclusively for the people that I've revealed myself to in the past. It said when King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. So he called those that would be able to give him some answers and, and asked, when would this, where would this Messiah be born? And they obviously searched the scriptures and was able to tell him he will be born in Bethlehem. After hearing that information, they said also, as they read from the Old Testament, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So, so you have three groups of people sitting there considering this information. Those that have come from the east that did not know this God. And, and then you had these religious rulers who were able to point to the scriptures that this is where Jesus would be born. And then you have Herod, who is the earthly king with his place that he has authority over considering that a king is coming. And Herod was only half Jewish and was put in place by the Romans, so he already had some insecurities. And those kind of things always seem to surface in the way people respond to things. It says, then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the, the exact time of the star appearing. And he sent them to Bethlehem. He said, go, uh, go and look for him. And, and when you find him, let me know so that I could worship him as well. Well, obviously we know that that was not his plan. You can never plan and scheme around the will of God. He was, he was lying. But you cannot pull a fast one on God. How often do we try and do that? In subtle ways and, and sometimes in big ways. We can pray on one hand and scheme on another hand and think that it's not all before Almighty God. Jeremiah tells us that the heart is more deceitful than anything else and 
incurable who can understand it. But the Lord examines the mind. I test the heart to give to each according to his way, according to what his actions deserve. The, the question is, how far will you go to deny truth? What would you ignore this evidence that is right in their face to deny truth? The sad part about that is, it's truth that sets us free. And, and, and until God opens our eyes, we find ourselves in a place where we try to ignore truth, realities, and they play out in many different ways. They obviously play out in words. We hear truth. We're inundated with lies all the time, but we hear truth. And by God's mercy, he does something when we hear truth on the inside. But he calls us not to harden our hearts. He, he shows truth through circumstances. You do something, and then there's a reaction. Something happens. There's a consequence. Those things could be good, and those things could be bad, but it is a revelation of truth. We, we end up living in our truth, right? So, so the things that we choose to ignore and continue to move down a certain line, or the things that we end up facing and settling in our hearts, they all show up in our lives. It says, after hearing the king, they went on their way, and it was there that the star appeared and it stopped over this place where the child was. The, the beautiful thing about that is these wise men have come a long way seeking. And one of the things that is so beautiful is God will see you through your journey. He, he brought them to their destination. He brought them uh, all the way to where he was leading them. He, he did not leave them part of the way. He did not leave them even to figure it out themselves. He brought them to that place. And we can rest assured in our lives that he will bring us all the way through the journey. It says when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Meaning they looked up, they saw the star, so they knew uh, whatever information that they received that they were still on route to being in the place that they were destined to be. And entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. I, I don't believe... And there's nothing here in the text that tells us that they worshipped him as the Messiah. They, they worshipped him as king. 
They, they had limited knowledge, actually, of what they were doing. But for all of us, we have limited knowledge in what we're doing. But, but the truth that we do have in us, we're called to follow that out, to, to seek those things out. And, and I, I know that God does not leave us in that place. As we seek those things out, he will show us more and more and more. They worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. That, that is how we worship God, by presenting all that we have to him. God, I'm yours. It's not your church attendance. It's not your religious exercises. All of those things are actually there to you, for you to know God. And as you know him and fall in love with him, you worship him. And the worship that is acceptable by God is, God, you have all of me. They gave him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to, have, uh, to Herod, they went and took a different route. Because someone is king, it doesn't mean that your heart is with them. Conformity is different than conviction. Acceptance is not the same thing as allegiance. If, if we're going to serve God, it has to be with all of our hearts. What, what does it mean for Jesus to be Lord? That means that every single desire that I have, I present it to him. It, it, it means all the plans that I have, I present it to him. It means that I do not live out my will. I've tried that. It didn't work out well. And I'm sure many here can attest to that. So, so I'm convinced by truth, the truth in his word, and me saying, I'll try it anyway. I'm not like that person. They didn't know what they were doing. No, the truth through experience, we come to a place where it's like, God, I trust you because I've learned I don't trust a whole lot of other people and I can't even trust me. That, that's the difference between you being conformed and just kind of going along with it because you don't uh, want to suffer bad consequences and having a conviction that no, 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 no. I've learned that this is the way to go. When we look to at these magi who were Gentile pagans, uh, they worshipped in the light of the star. They, they saw the star and they started to follow it. And then uh, God revealed even more as they went that way and they worshipped in light of the scriptures. The scripture was revealed to them where the Savior would be born, and then they worshiped in the presence of the Savior. 
What, what, what a beautiful thing it is. These people had a limited sign. They, they come to seek the Messiah. Wow. Other people had the scriptures. They were exposed to the truth. Matter of fact, they saw the truth of God amongst their people. They've heard the stories from generations. They were in the place where God was to be worshipped. But these people with limited knowledge, only following after a sign, God revealed himself to them. While these people that had actual history of this coming Messiah, they chose not to take it seriously. And then you have Herod, who also chose not to seek God because of position. The Magi were seeking the king. Herod was opposing the king. And the religious Jews were ignoring the king. Where, where do you find yourself this day? Because even as believers, we're also always supposed to be seeking God. God, I need to know you more. I want more of you. I want to be closer to you. Matter of fact, the closer you get, the further you recognize the distance between God and man is. Or are you in a place where you are opposing the king? Where everything you do is just contrary. I'm going to live my way. If we think about Herod opposing the king, this was Herod the Great. There's a couple of Herods in the Bible. This was a savvy politician who had built up a lot of the area he was in, including the temple. And he, at the same time, who sought counsel and understanding from the religious leaders, who is building this temple where God would be worshipped, is still in opposition to God. Because if it didn't fit with his agenda, he was only going to take the part that he wanted to take. He, he, he wasn't going to fully embrace what it was to be God's person. So many people do that. I'll take this part, but not this part over here. And then you see the Jewish leaders ignoring the signs that were presented to them because they had their own agenda. Is your agenda, the agenda of your life, so strong that you're just going to ignore evidence that is right in your face? 
In John chapter 1, it tells us he was in the world. And the world was created through him. And yet, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not from natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. The Magi, they searched them out, these wise men, and they found them. In Jeremiah, where they have this exile that they're going to be there for 70 years, God says to his people, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration, plans for your well-being, not your disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Are you seeking God with all of your Herod's heart revealed in his acts of hostility after he found out when that star appeared, he went and killed all the male children two years and under. Why? Because he was so stuck on his agenda. You, you can't fight against God. God is the one who made you, and whatever position you're in, he positioned you. Herod didn't become king on his own. God allowed him to be king. And now when he hears that the king of heaven and earth is coming, he thinks, I'm going to stay king, and I got to take him out. So his acts of hostility and then the religious leaders revealed their hearts by their indifference. I don't care. Yes, the scripture says he's coming. Not now, not while I'm doing what I want to do. I'm going to do what I'm doing first and then he can come. But don't disturb my program. Meanwhile, the providence of God continues. The Magi left that place after they had found Mary and they worshiped. This, this act of worship is contrast with the attitude of Herod and the indifference of the religious leaders. These wise men presented these gifts, and some people try to put a significance to these gifts, and, and there may be some where gold is, is for a king, where frankincense is something that the priests would use to offer up sacrifice to the Lord, and myrrh is used. 
for preparing a body for burial. So those things may be correct, but at the same time, Mary and Joseph were going to have to leave with Jesus and take him to Egypt. So it very well may be that that was the funding to take care of Jesus. God is in control of every situation. He presents things to us in ways that are always different than we thought it would come out. And, and that's such a good thing because we always try to help God out. We're, we're always trying to figure out how we're going to get through this next thing. And, and when God does something, it comes a totally different way. And, and we can trust in that. Just the fact that man was separated from God, we could not fathom the plan of salvation that God would put together. I'm sure in your own life you can attest to many times how God has moved and worked in situations and it was never what you anticipated but it was always better than you thought it would be. Matthew introduces Jesus here as king, and he is to rule not by force, but by love. To express his will not with a crown, but with the cross. God being prophet, he is, he speaks on what the Lord has said. Him being priest, Jesus offers sacrifice on behalf of the people and him being king. He is sovereign ruler over all. We, we all have to come to a place where we recognize our need. And once we recognize our need, we can come to him and receive. Our biggest need is for our condition of sin. For our condition of sin to be changed. And I use the word condition on purpose because often we view sin as something that we can just willpower our way through, stop doing on our own, but it's actually our nature. It is, it is much more serious than we think. If we think about the limbs that God took to deal with sin, and what we try to do is take aspirin for a gunshot wound, it's, it's, it's never going to work. Until we come to a place where we humbly admit that we have a wandering and rebellious 
heart. The evidence shows up in our lives every single day until we get to that place where we realize, I can't do anything about my heart. It is at that time that we reach out to God for forgiveness and also for transforming power. It only comes by the Holy Spirit. And we have to admit something else, that there is no other way for us to escape this condition. To admit that you're a, a sinner is, is not enough. It's just to confess that you have wrong behavior, but you have to admit, I have a condition. The sin nature is a condition. You can't escape it. You do not have the ability within yourself to change it. The Christmas story confronts us with this very thing. You cannot do it on your own. Because if you had the ability to do it on your own, Jesus would not have to have come. The Christmas story reminds us of our hopelessness, but uh, lets us know that this is the doorway for eternal hope. That's why we seek him. That's why we celebrate him. We, we celebrate God's love in the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ. It is what all hope hinges on. It is why he came as Emmanuel, God with us. He took care of something that we could not do on our own. Thank God for that. And there was nothing the devil or anyone else could do to stop God's plan. But we're confronted with these three groups of people, the ones that came seeking, the ones that wanted to oppose him, and the ones that wanted to ignore him. We have this condition where we need freedom and we work hard to ignore the chains and try to work out being in bondage the best we can. Until you're free, there's never going to be peace. There's never going to be joy. There's never going to be hope. What are you hoping you're a prisoner in chains? Worship team, you can come up. What a celebration it is. Like Deacon Frankie said earlier, that all the heavenly hosts praise God and celebrated 
the coming Messiah into the world. How much more the recipients of his salvation, the one that he poured out his blood for, how much more should we celebrate our king? He came to give, to give his life. The Bible tells us that if God was willing to give his son, then he was willing to give you all things. What, what would he withhold from you? He gave you the most precious thing. He satisfied your greatest need. All these other things can easily do. And we thank God that as his children, that we can come to him for all our needs. I'm going to ask the leaders to come up and we want to pray for you. There are, there are so many things that on this Christmas day we can come and petition God for. He is the one who gives good gifts. Ask the king what you will. If you need healing, ask him for healing. If you need clarity, ask him for clarity. If you need faith, ask him for faith. If you need salvation, ask him. If it's your finances, if it's your joy, if it's your peace, if it's your hope that you need restored. Just like they came seeking and they found and they were satisfied. Come, ask your heavenly father for what you need. We're here to pray for you. I'm going to ask Jesse and Betsy to also join us. If you desire prayer, please come to center aisle. We will lay hands on you and pray for you because the Father says, come and ask. What is it to ask on Christmas Day as we commemorate Jesus coming into this world, giving us himself, satisfying our greatest need? Bring your needs to the altar. While the worship team sings this song, you line up in the middle aisle, we'll lay hands on you and pray for you, and then we will close together worshiping our King.